Ramble. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of You Can Sit With Us. My name is Maggie. I am joined today by Ariel. Hello. And our very good friend, Travis. Um, those of you who are not watching this, uh, the video in feed, uh, Travis was actually featured in a Try Guys video way back when. Um, he was in Try Guys Deliver Babies. That's right. Yep. Dr. Travis <laughs> over Dr. here. Doctor. Uh, Travis is actually, you, you are connected to us in so many ways. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Travis went to, it's high school, right? High school, yeah. Travis went to high school with Ned, mm-hmm. uh, lived in Jacksonville with mm-hmm. with Ned. Uh, your family still lives there? Yeah, family still lives in Jacksonville. Family still lives in Jacksonville. Yeah. So, we, so he's, he, he, he's a good Southern boy. Yeah. <laughs> over here. And then you guys worked at the same uh, children's hospital? Yeah. At some point, I feel like we may have crossed paths. I was in the ER there for like eight months, so I swear. But I was on night shift, so I don't know if you were on night yeah, shift. we did both. Then. Yeah. Residency, yeah. I, I yeah. think we've crossed paths in that point, but yeah, we yeah, actually yeah. became friends after I was there. Right. Because so. Travis was living in Los Angeles and you reconnected with Ned. Mm-hmm. And then we all connected because Travis is just an amazing human being. And that yes. is something that we're going to talk about today uh, <laughs> is that doctors are also human beings. <laughs> I'll do my best. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, okay. So you guys were talking about, I mean, you mentioned residency and um, let's let's get into that a little bit as sure. well. Uh, well. We'll just like put a pin in that because yeah. I don't know anything about, like I've heard all about residency, internships, all mm-hmm. this sort of stuff. Fellowship. I don't actually know what it means. Yeah. Um, I just know that you were busy all the time. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All the time. Still busy. Like, Travis would text us and he'd be like, I just got off a 36 hour shift or something. And I'm like, holy moly. Like, what yeah. is this? What, what, what is this job that you have? Yeah. And is it like Grey's Anatomy where there's a nap room? There is a call room or a bunch of call rooms, but just to take a step back so that it makes a little more sense. Yeah. So you, you know, you go to undergrad and then you go to medical school, which is four years. So that's already eight years. Uh-huh. Medical school, it actually is pretty similar to nursing school. So medical school, at least the way most schools are, are set up is like the first one to two years is like strictly like classroom lecture mm-hmm. book knowledge. So you're like learning all of the basics. It's like memorization, right? <laughs> I remember I facts. remember knowing a lot of people that went to medical school and it's just rote memorization. Yeah, mm-hmm. Such like anatomy, for example. Uh-huh. Physi- yeah. um, Physiology, pharmacology, the- <clears throat> oof, drug classes. But yeah. then the second half of med school is all like rotations. And so you would do a rotation in almost everything. So you do like... Six weeks in psychiatry and eight weeks in pediatrics. So, I mean, every school has slightly different setup. Um, but with that, you get a good taste of all the different fields. Mm-hmm. And then you decide between third and third year is like the mandatory year of all the rotations. And then third and third to fourth year, you figure out what you want to go into. And then you use fourth year to get into residency. So, mm-hmm. like, got it. You apply, you go interview. Usually, fourth year is like a very fun year, very relaxed. You get to travel. Right. Um, and then you can take like electives. So, you know, I wanted to go into OBGYN, and so I did like a lot of electives in OBGYN, uh-huh. um, and that that's why I like to like round out your experience in med school, and then and so you get to choose your classes, yeah, uh-huh. in fourth year usually it's a lot of elective times, okay. and then immediately the next so like July first, uh-huh. Maggie, <laughs> I want to hear Maggie's perspective on July first, but July first like around the country is like that when is the first residency day. starts, yeah, really. So there's Tell new us. people, so uh, you just. 
know to be patient with the new people and making sure that you give them all the information that they need. You can't just like throw people in and like expect them to know and get frustrated with them. But it's known that (laughs) expect to be calling a little bit more, Uh educating a little bit more, clarifying orders a little bit more, (laughs) just because it's new. They don't know what they're doing. Yeah, it's new. And so is that a stressful time for you or is it like a fun time for you? Because you're like, I know what I'm doing and I'm helping you figure out what you're doing. Yeah. It's as a seasoned nurse now, it's not as stressful, but I remember being, I think I started in September. Oh, okay. So I had fairly new um, residents starting mm-hmm. with me. So I felt at sometimes they would be like clarifying orders with me and I'd look at them and I'd be like, it's just, the, bl- it's just the blind leading the blind here. And I'd just like <laughs> go to one of the second year residents or I'd go to the charge nurse. I'm like, is this right? They asked me to clarify this order. So just being comfortable always asking for help no matter like what mm-hmm. totally. what role you're in it's okay yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 i think the other like big misconception is is that like when you graduate med school you know what you're doing yeah because <laughs> you don't i mean in med school you do rotations but you're you're not like putting in orders which is like basically whenever you need anything done in the hospital you have to put it in order right mm-hmm. yeah. and so the the physicians are doing that uh-huh. mm-hmm. and so as a med student like a lot of the systems things that you don't get a chance to know because right. you're only on these rotations for a few weeks mm-hmm. and you're moving all over the place. And and of course, like, you know, they're not gonna let the med students do orders and things like that. They're right. they're mm-hmm. they're just like giving you a taste of what is going on. They're mm-hmm. not, you know, letting you be a doctor for a day. Yeah. yeah. And so the so residency is really like when you grow into being a physician. Yeah. And and so um that that first those first few months are are really challenging for everyone. Okay. And and you know if I always say, like, if you know someone, especially in their like intern year, just give them a hug. Yeah, you know? a hug. Uh, so residency is is your training immediately out of medical school, and that is like your specialty, uh-huh. which is funny for me because I chose obstetrics and gynecology, which yeah, is right. how right, I ended right. up doing the deliver as a baby video. But then a year into that, I was in Texas, and I knew that that was not my calling. Yeah, Wait, so tell me about that. What, yeah, what happened? What so did you it? love it? Like in medical school? Yeah, in and medical school, I was really torn between pediatrics and uh-huh. going into obstetrics and gynecology. Cool. And I really loved delivering babies specifically. So funny. Uh, should have realized that I really just loved the baby, the baby. part of it. Yeah. And so I <laughs> love delivering babies. I don't. <laughs> are there doctors out there who are like, I love delivering babies? It's yeah. My favorite thing in the whole world. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Uh, actually, more so than there used to be. There's uh, like a lot of people are just doing obstetrics now. Really? Yeah. No oh gynecology. Gosh. Just yeah. because the, the, it's like the most uh, satisfying thing in the whole world. Yeah, and you can do like a, like work is just a laborist, they call it. Huh. And it's like uh, 12 to 15 shifts a month. And so it's less shifts and it's more structured hours and less call time. So mm, that's cool. Kind of moving towards that model. But regardless, I a few months in, I, I decided that I definitely chose the wrong field for me. Mm-hmm. And so I reapplied to residency and that's how I ended up back in LA. And so nice. you do residency in whatever field. Um, so I did pediatrics uh-huh. and then uh-huh. that's, that's Grey's Anatomy and Scrubs. Mm-hmm. That's residency. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. And the first year of residency is called intern year. Mm-hmm. And so okay. if you hear people talking about internships. And that's the worst one, right? That's the worst one. Yeah. That was that first year I was here. That It's such a huge learning me. curve. You're the lowest on the totem pole. You're getting yeah. all the pages. Yeah. Um, all, what's all the pages? So anytime someone needs anything, 
you page the intern. Oh. So the interns, pagers. If you are, if you're at a hospital that has interns. Uh, so residency is is your training immediately out of medical school, and that is like your specialty. Mm-hmm. And if you want to subspecialize within that specialty, so for example, pediatrics is just the beginning. So if you want to do like pediatric neurology, pediatric cardiology, mm-hmm. pediatric oncology, which mm-hmm. is like cancer, mm-hmm. um, all of these are different like subspecialties and they require more training. And so you go to fellowship for another in pediatrics, most of the time it's three years, but it's a variety across mm-hmm. fields. Okay. Um, and in that you're learning just that narrow like subspecialty. Okay. And so once you uh, graduate that, you would take your boards and be like board certified in like pediatrics and pediatric cardiology. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so if you go see a, a pediatric cardiologist, for example, they're going to they have done residency and then fellowship. And in residency, they're kind of jumping around each specialty. So you'll always see the same fellow in uh-huh. rounds. Like let's say you were a nurse or a patient in the hospital, you'll always see the same fellow and attendings. Uh-huh. But the residents you'll see, which are the ones who are coming into your room assessing, presenting. Right. And they'll jump around just so they can get exposure. But they're being overseen by the people who this is their the, home This spot. is like, yeah, th- these 20 people are theirs. And then, like on the flip side, like your, like Wes's pediatrician uh-huh. is did, like most likely did not go to a fellowship, right? Like they like you go to residency and uh-huh. then you take your boards and uh-huh. you're a pediatrician and then you you know really? so they're like general pediatricians or general. But they've done all the specialties in their residency. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I know that Wes's pediatrician was at CHLA, mm-hmm. and so they did their residency there. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Got it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, but then they didn't do. Fellowship, right? Because once you're done with residency, like residency is required for everybody. Right. No, uh, and so once you do that, and you could take your boards uh-huh. in that whatever you did residency in, and then you can practice. Right. Mm-hmm. Like but if then I you decided that I was like, you know what, I just want to be a pediatrician, I right. could like theoretically drop out of fellowship and go work at a pedi- pediatrics office. Mm-hmm. Right. And so fellowship is to work mm-hmm. in a hospital. Uh, no, well, it depends on the field, uh-huh. but like pediatric cardiology works in the hospital and in the clinic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But it's but it's like to be a pediatric cardiologist. Yeah, got it. Yeah. Okay. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I have to imagine that not every hospital has the same system also. Right. Oh, like charting and like, things like I, that, I'm, yeah. I mean, like... Everything. There's Everything. gotta be... So everybody's working on a computer. They, they're rolling the computers around the rooms and all this kind of stuff, and... Some of them are different than others. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's got a different computer yeah. system, mm-hmm. database, microwaves. I don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not even, it's also like paging system, like oh, communication yeah, right. systems. Like I'm in my fourth hospital system, yeah. like including med school. And were any of them, all of them even have, remotely the same? Completely no, different. They all work completely differently. And even like there's like two companies that kind of run the electronic mm-hmm. medical, or electronic uh-huh. medical records mm-hmm. for all the hospitals. Mm-hmm. But Every institution has their own version yeah. of a database. So like system. even if you go like Epic is the big one that's in yeah. most places. And even if you go from an Epic place to another Epic place, yeah. It's, it's di- it looks very different. different. Yeah. yeah. Epic uh um 
recruited at my college. Oh. No so way. A lot. We had a like a huge company. We had yeah. like 40 people from my graduating yeah. class go to Epic. Yeah. Cause they're in Wisconsin. Right. Mm. And so I, I mean, honestly, like I think, I think a huge part of residency is just learning the hospital system that totally. you work in. Mm-hmm. And then you, after a while, like things, the transition to-, to my, my fellowship hospital was a little tough and that the systems were different, but yeah. you get better at learning systems. And so you get faster yeah. at like being able, and then yeah. know, second and third year of fellowship, I, I'm like, oh yeah, I can make that happen much faster. Like then, I know yeah. the people to talk to. I know who to call. I get this. Yeah. Yeah. My heart goes out to the the nurses and physicians that had to adapt to going to electronic medical records <gasps> from paper. Cause like we're growing up yeah. with it and like we are pretty technologically savvy than our right. parents. Or even like going to telemedicine. Exactly. During, oh yeah, during that's COVID true. Last yeah. year was that's tough. Know, wow, a, a yeah. huge, a huge adaptation. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, and Honestly, like at these major institutions, like our, uh, like all of our systems are changing constantly too. Mm-hmm. So I bet. it's hard be, to just keep up within your own place. Be comfortable being slightly uncomfortable always. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's, that's actually quite a statement. It's like, you know, that is something that I have noticed about people who are in the medical field is that you, like you do have to be comfortable in with many being fields. slightly uncomfortable yeah. sometimes. Yeah. 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 Definitely in many fields. But and I mean, we don't know the answer a lot. Right. And you have to be very comfortable with that. But you're you are the best equipped to yeah. to answer. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, after right. multiple after a decade or more mm-hmm. of school. It's mm-hmm. been a long time. It's been a long time. It's been <laughs> it's a long time. Been, <laughs> I'm almost there. We're almost yeah, there. You got it. As somebody who only knows doctors and has been in a hospital before. Right. So as the patient, you're you wake up and you so you, you see the doctor once a day. Yeah. Right. Uh, the doctor comes in usually. So the only times I've ever been in the hospital was giving birth. Mm-hmm. And I remember my doctor would sort of wander in around like 11 a.m. Does that sound right? Uh, <laughs> it's a little different, I think, for the trainees. It's, like, yeah, <laughs> they got to be in there earlier, but like five, six a.m. Holy, kind of. <laughs> yeah, what? they got to make sure they got to check on you. They got to check on your labs. Yeah, there's. Okay. I think the the like misconception. I know it's frustrating on the patient side to only see the doctors a few times a day. Uh-huh. But a, there's a lot of patients. Yep. Yes. Uh, yes. And b, there's a lot of other things happening behind the scenes, uh-huh. um, especially at a teaching hospital. You're also yeah. balancing like learning so right, lectures right, right, right. and um wait so okay so you go to the hospital in the morning you're you uh assess like what uh, 20 patients yeah the teams are like 15 to 20 it depends okay. on the hospital but mm-hmm. okay. you know, in my way i think we were like 12 to 15 usually yeah. okay and it depends like how the hospital structures itself i had some physicians that would do like the morning shift and then they're like okay i for the rest of the day page this person because i'm going to be in clinic for the rest of the mm-hmm. day and it's like what what's clinic clinic <laughs> like is outpatient yeah. yeah oh okay so then when it's do you a, it's a very complex system it's a very <laughs> complex system Jeez. and so when do you read your books and go to go to class somewhere in between yeah, yeah. I, you know uh, we had a lecture every morning and so that ironically just made everyone show up earlier uh, <laughs> because you had to the lecture was before you would round and then we usually had a lecture during lunchtime oh my god so you have to like kind of squeeze in because uh, you have to I mean you learn by experience and you learn by taking care of patients right, but at the same yeah. time you need like to learn about the facts behind what you're doing uh-huh. and, and learn the theory and and now um, what's exciting especially in fields of like pediatrics is there's a lot more focus on on like adolescent health and mm-hmm. right. the mental health side of things and so that has is great but has opened up a lot of uh, need for more educational time mm-hmm. of course and so it's just you know it continues to add and continues to get more complex over time 
Um, but you know, I was at a great program and we did work a lot, but had a yeah. great time while I did it. Yeah. Yeah. It does seem like, you know, it, doctors, they, they're working all the time, but they're like, it's worth it. I, you know, I love it. Yeah. I, and if, I mean, Maggie was, is also in pediatrics, but I think pediatrics is, is really special because mm-hmm. I mean, you laugh at work a lot. I bet. Yeah. Kids and the people, hilarious. and the people around you are always pretty like love kids too. So yeah. Yeah. Like naturally they're just fun people. You guys are, you guys are naturally fun people. Oh, thank you so much. Um, Okay. I have a quick uh, question. Um, Have you guys seen Patch Adams? Who? Like, like Robin Williams? Yeah, with Robin Williams. Like years ago. How, how accurate is that? He's an OBGYN. Right. Yeah. But Uh, I remember there's like, you haven't seen it, have you? Oh, Matthew hasn't seen it. Okay. So Patch Adams is this movie with um, Robin Williams Uh where he's a, a doctor and uh, and he works in a, a pediatrics hospital, uh-huh. um, or maybe a regular hospital. Yeah, you maybe, probably. I don't remember. I, I don't I, actually remember either. But uh, he would like come to work dressed as a clown or something. Oh wow! And, like he's just very funny. And um, Ned and I have this. Uh, I, maybe Ned and I watched it together or something. But there's this one woman in there. It's like an elderly woman who her her like dying wish is to swim in a pool full of noodles. <laughs> also same though. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. I, I actually, I've been pushing Ned to make this a video. So if you guys could maybe help me out with this. I also would love to swim in a pool full of noodles. Jello? Um, Udon noodles? Or do you want like I was thinking s- like spaghetti. Oh, spaghetti? Yeah. Angel, po- angel hair? No, like the, like the thick ones. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, Pappardelle? Sure, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, I mean, and, I don't know. What do you think? But, I mean, I, I like udon. If you were just yeah. oh, cool parasite, ramu, ramu udon. What are they making parasite? Oh, it's like ramen and udon together. Ooh, ramdon. That's it. Ooh. Wait. So you want to swim in a pool full of noodles and meat? <laughs> oh, we'll just go with udon then. I guess. I've, um, yeah, I've always wanted to do jello. I feel like that mm-hmm. would be fun. Jell-O anyway, be sorry, really fun. No, but the, uh, yeah. So I just wanted to know how accurate Patch Adams was, and also get your take on noodles. Mm. Um, what was fun about residency is that you're there a lot, but there's also like a lot of downtime, and so getting Aww. to just like go play with the kids for a little bit. Yeah, that's always Aww. the best. And my my it's, like favorite story, which makes me sound like a terrible person, but um, we had this one like. You know, like kindergarten, first grade-ish age yeah, yeah. patient who was there for a long time, and he loved Mario Kart. Aww. And so he kept like talking smack to me, and like, "Oh, we're gonna play Mario Kart." And oh my so gosh. I finally got free to go play Mario Kart with him, and he was really good. And oh, we were, yeah. we were, I was like driving next to him the whole time, so that it would be like, "Ooh, wow, so close!" You know? <laughs> yeah. And right at the finish line, he got hit by a like a shell, <gasps> and oh, I no. sped right past him, oh, and that God. was the end of that. <laughs> So sad. <laughs> Poor kid. I know. Oh, that's really funny. So, you, so, so, so you get to take Mario Kart breaks yeah. during, during work. I love yeah. that. Yeah. I don't get to take Mario Kart breaks during work. I don't get many Mario Kart breaks. I wish I had more time. But yeah. Meh. So internship is part of residency? Yeah. Okay. It's the first year. It's a little, like there are some different models, but generally. Uh-huh. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you have specialized now. Yeah. So then you, after you finish residency, you can go to fellowship, which is like the next step. So that's like latter years of Grace Anatomy. I think they've all okay. gone to fellowship now. Mm-hmm. And they're they're surgical. They're surgery. But Wait, at system. one point, I think Travis was uh, Dr. Bailey. You were chief resident at some I point. wasn't a chief. Oh, you weren't. I wasn't oh, I'm a chief resident. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I thought you were. <laughs> I thought you were. I was like, oh, no. this is this is good. This they, is good. They didn't, they didn't choose me. Uh, no. Uh, it would have been an extra year added on to all of this, though. So. But, I mean, Whoa. that must have been such a hard change to make when you were in your internship 
in obstetrics and gynecology? Like how did that just put you back just one year? Yeah, I, they offered uh, some sort of combination. So I, I could have done like a two and a half year residency instead of three. Oh, but I didn't know what I wanted to do in pediatrics, and it had uh-huh. been like a, over uh, a year since I had done, done anything, pediatrics. Yeah. And so I was like, no, 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 I'll just. And I'm like a very much a company man. I like trust the process. Yeah. And so I'm like just put me in the normal group with all the people. I'll be yeah. fine. I'll do the three years. I'm not gonna like cut out elective time and. And uh, I know some people that did like abridged residencies, and at the end they were like so really burnt out. Yeah, so wow. I'm glad I got to like space it out, and um, you know, I some people would look at his, it was like an extra year or a lost year, but I learned so much that first year. Yeah, that, yeah, uh, it's been great. And then, and it's not like you're not going to use that knowledge that right. you and got. There's, there's so much. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm not going to be delivering babies anymore. I guess I got to use it for a, a track guys video. <laughs> it's a good life skill to have. You never know. But yeah, sure. But at the same time, like, <laughs> sure. taking care of patients is is a very like a learned thing. And so yeah. you know, I, I was taking care of moms, and as a pediatrician, like you are taking care, care of, of parents. Moms. You're taking care of. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You're, you're basically you have to like handle a family in, uh-huh. in addition to the, yeah. the kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes more challenging. I bet. Yeah. Especially yeah. in the ICU, mm-hmm. which is where you work now. So you did three years of residency and then you went to fellowship where you um, specialized. Yeah. And so I, I'm specialized in cardiology. So it's like pediatric cardiology. Um, I think the normal question is like, oh, you do surgery. I don't do surgery. The surgeons <laughs> do the surgery. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, but we are, it's a, it's a unique um, field because we basically like, most of our patients are babies when they're diagnosed. Right. And so we like own them for 20 odd years before mm-hmm. they wow. transition to the adult cardiologist. And so a really like special, like long-term continuity Yeah, of and care. you guys keep them for a while, right? Yeah. I think the, uh, usually in pediatrics, we start bridging them over to the adult size between like 18 and 21. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the cardiac patients stay till about age 26, I yeah, think is the a, oldest. It's a moving target, but we have, at the hospital I met now, we have a, a pretty strong um, adult. They have like, they're like adult cardiologists who did some training in pediatrics and so they can like bridge the patients over and they know yeah, all of that. That's so, so interesting. We have a good like funneling program. But. Yes, and so what what is the difference between pediatric, I mean, there's the obvious, like the hearts are smaller, but are there other, like, are there certain, uh, like things that you come across in pediatric cardiology that, that maybe an adult cardiologist wouldn't handle? Yeah, actually they're completely different. Yeah, so different. Yeah. Yeah. Congenital versus depending on when they're diagnosed versus not. Right. Most of the, um, so like adult cardiology is a lot of, uh, like obviously a lot of like heart attacks and things. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, yeah. Whereas, and and like rhythm issues that happen as you get older, mm-hmm. pacemakers, et cetera. Mm-hmm. In kids, a lot a lot of our patients are born with you know abnormal hearts, and mm-hmm. so there's something like structurally wrong with the heart. Sure. And so a lot of like I said, a lot of our patients will get surgery as infants. So like they'll get born at our hospital, have surgery before they go home, right? Um, and then get followed by us, kind of in perpetuity. In perpetuity. Huh. Mm-hmm. And usually those are things that you can see on like a. Uh, an ultrasound or something. Yeah, like the twenty week scan. Uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, the anatomy scan. Yeah. So, I, I do remember them, you know, they're checking all the different things, checking the heart, making sure there's all the ventricles and everything. Yeah. Like looks like your mm-hmm. the heart checks out. Yeah. <laughs> like they do an ultrasound on like pregnant mamas. Mm-hmm. They do ultrasounds on hearts. Wow. Mm-hmm. It's called an echo. Yeah. Oh, like an echocardiogram? Yeah. Correct. I've heard that. Okay. <laughs> okay. 
And that's actually what I mostly do these days. I'm, yeah. I'm like towards the end of my fellowship. And so okay. most of my call time is doing is doing echoes on kids, which is fun. That's, that's great. great. Yeah. It's kind Are of, you ever I like, like, like it's like on call echo? Do you have to use the gel? Yeah, they hate it. <laughs> they hate it. Yeah. Is it? Do you warm it? Well, we not like on the floors. They don't have a. They don't have, they don't warm have a warmer. Gel. Oh no! no. So Cold gel. Yeah. The babies hate it. Oh, yeah. I don't blame them. So yeah. what's uh, what's next? So you're you're yeah. almost done with your fellowship. Yeah, and you were doing. You're also doing an MBA, right? Yeah, that, that's the the odd twist. Because you're I'm, <laughs> I'm in business school right now. Also, yeah. guess what, <laughs> yeah. ladies? No, <laughs> I'm trying to figure. It out. <laughs> I'm trying to figure it out. Um, I'm probably the the like most likely scenario is that I I do um, some like hospital administrative work and some clinical work. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but I still have. I mean, I'm only like. Nine, ten weeks into business school, so I still have wow, another it's that year and a half or whatever. Yeah, this episode we kind of want to demystify like the hospital process. Sure. Um, and so, what was something? For, and this is this is a question for both of you uh, that was surprising when you first started working uh, in the hospital system. Mm. I, I think I alluded to it earlier, but I I do think the like the thing that surprises most people on the patient side is also what surprised me. Uh-huh. Um, and I, I saw it in medical school when I was on rotations, but the amount of time working on on things like getting patients home safely and like uh-huh. discharging them and and working with social workers and case managers and the nurses and there there's just a lot of moving pieces that the patients don't see right um, and and that is why like we aren't constantly in the room but obviously like if we are concerned we'll be in the patient of room course. all the time but um, that side of medicine is and Honestly, it's gotten a lot better in the last like five years in the children's hospitals. I think people realize how important it is. Mm-hmm. And the big hospitals have been dedicating a lot of resources and money to these these providers that that can help people get home and right. you know get them home safely with all the things they need. Um, but I think that piece, especially in pediatrics, is really complex mm-hmm. and uh, a lot more complicated. But that just like goes to show you that there are just so many people. Like the hospital so I'm working many. at now has fourteen thousand employees or something Whoa. somewhere around there. That's crazy. And I mean, and how many all working towards like whether it's working on research to advance, you yeah. know, uh, pediatrics as a field, whether it's working on you know, like the clinical side, like I am, mm-hmm. or in, like the pharmacy side. I mean, there's research. so many pieces, yeah. and we have like inpatient. Physical therapists and occupational therapists and speech therapists, and like child life specialists. And yeah, huge all the teams yeah. Uh, working together all for like what your patient or your child. You right, know? right. And how many? Just to put it in perspective. So fourteen thousand people, and how many beds? Mm. My hospitals is one of the larger ones. Mm-hmm. I think we're, I think we're like a little under six hundred. Um, and they're like about to break ground on a new tower to add another. Oh my gosh. You know, Wow. A couple hundred beds. But yeah, it, I mean, it's the the thing about pediatrics that's also like really interesting that I'm sure Maggie can can attest to is that the medicine has gotten so advanced in the last like 20 years, especially that yeah. a lot of diseases that kids weren't unfortunately surviving 20 years ago are now like surviving well into their adulthood. And right. so, you know, the, like the need for pediatric providers and for space and for beds is just like grown exponentially. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're like all these big hospitals are like trying to keep up with the demand as much as they can. Yeah. 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 And they're constantly full. Mm-hmm. I bet. Yeah. Yeah. What, what was something that surprised you, Maggie? Mm. I was always told 
when I was in nursing school, how hard it was to take care of a family. And I'd be like, I know I, I, I get it. I get it. But until you do it, yeah. I think that was one of the things that surprised me the most and like how emotionally taxing it can mm-hmm. be sometimes. Totally. Um, because when I first started out, I was just so, uh, I was absorbing all this new information. Mm-hmm. I was like trying to do everything I can to kind of make sure I was taking care of this, this these families that I was assigned to that day. And then after a certain point, it starts to weigh on you a little emotionally Absolutely. and making sure you're taking care of your mental health is huge if you yeah. want longevity in this career. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, both of you, I feel like are very like intuitive and emotional people, you know, yeah. like I, you, you just sort of sense that in your friends when, when something is going on, like with me, you guys are, are there, mm-hmm. you know, you're like, like, I, I hear you. I hear what you're saying, mm-hmm. you know? And, and like, it's, I, I'm, I imagine it's really hard not to like feel mm. the emotions of these like mm. families. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's a huge part of the job. It's just taking care of your mental health as well. Mm-hmm. And yeah. just to give a shout out to nurses, like <laughs> I've talked a few times about, you know, we all, like for certain patients, we'll go into the room a few times a day, yeah. but the nurses are at the bedside, like the entire yeah, 12 the hour shift. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So especially like in an ICU setting or, you know, on some of the more uh, acute floors, like they're paired like to one or two patients only, and they're right. they're the ones that are like updating the parents on like small changes we're making, and mm-hmm. and are kind of like almost like bearing the brunt of like, and especially in you know yeah. the ICU, like really emotional yeah. situations, and um, yeah. you know they kind of become like an advocate both for the parents and for the physicians, and yeah. they kind of are like balancing both of those relationships, and it's it's yeah. very powerful. Yeah, and and nurses and kudos are- to like any. Uh, People, any primary care providers or specialists that are following patients for like years indefinitely, because like that is like huge, huge building a rapport with a family and um, updating them on and like following them over the course of several years. Like it's hard not to get attached. Attached? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So absolutely. It takes a village. And I mean, I find it really interesting that pediatrics, you know, 18 year olds aren't thinking of themselves as kids, Mm -mm. you know, Mm -hmm. so like still going to their, you know, like a pediatric hospital or something like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. That's got to, I mean, yeah, you're, you're not just dealing with kids. Mm-hmm. You're dealing with a grown tiny adults. adults. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a, a pretty big, uh, I mean, it's been around for a while, but it's very much growing in the last 10 years or so, like field called adolescent medicine. Mm-hmm. And I think that was like a big reaction to that, you know, like we should we should treat these people differently. Be treating, yeah, and and like we should be talking to twelve-year-old you know, women about contraception as pediatricians, right? and right, like we should be, we should be like um, now transgender health is a big a big field, and that is like typically within adolescent medicine. Like we don't need to wait for someone to go to an OBGYN when they're twenty-two to have these conversations. Like we should be really like the pediatrician should be on the forefront of those conversations. Yeah. Oh wow, that is. That that's mind blowing. Yeah, and actually in Los Angeles, um, the hospital I did residency at has like a, a really large transgender youth clinic, and that's really um, yeah, and they do a lot of you know um, hormone therapy, and uh, it's really it's really powerful to see. Mm-hmm. So like when one person walks into the hospital, mm-hmm. say they come in through the emergency room, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, how many people are working with that patient <laughs> until they get to you? Yeah, uh, so. I'd say the most like standard way to get admitted to a hospital, right, would be like, uh, you know, 
oh, like let's say like someone has appendicitis. I feel like that's an easy, sure. one. Yeah. Yeah. easy one. So, you know, oh, my belly hurts. You take your kid to the, the ER. And before a doctor even sees you in the ER, you're going to talk to like a triage nurse. You're going to talk to mm-hmm. like your ER nurse. Mm-hmm. Or an um, ER tech. There's going to be, you know, someone uh, that comes in with and gets your like information. Yeah. Um, yeah. Honestly, if someone has like, or a broken bone or something that's like pretty obvious that we need to get some tests done. Mm-hmm. Like you might be whisked away to get an X-ray or uh-huh. like a so then CT you get your scan. X-ray tech and you've got your. They've probably put in like nurses have probably come and put in an IV and and drawn labs and then you have a whole lab staff working urgently to get <laughs> yeah. that wow. done. Pharmacy if you need <clears throat> pain meds, of yeah. course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because you have to get your because those IV meds have to come from somewhere. Right. Yeah. And wow. there's a whole. You know, the provider has to order it, but then there's like processes to make sure there aren't any errors in that. So you have, there's just a lot of steps uh, to get just one medicine to a patient. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, the, the physician will see the patient, examine them. And then once it's determined that they need to go into the hospital, I said appendicitis. So they would talk to the surgeons, mm-hmm. they would talk to whichever like medical team and whatever floor. So you have like a nursing staff working on finding them a bed somewhere in the hospital. You have like the OR operating room staff. Trying to find them an operating room and a surgeon, right. and trying, have the trying to figure team. out like because the the operating rooms are all booked up, and so yeah. okay, well, this surgery is going to take three hours, so we need to find a three yeah. hour slot to mm-hmm. get them in. Right, and you go get the surgery, and then you know there's anesthesia, anesthesiologist working with mm-hmm. you, mm-hmm. and they have staff as well, and then pediatric anesthesiologist. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. we have. I mean, there's pretty much a pediatric version of every right. subspecialty, and that just makes like anesthesiology. I know is very complicated. And, uh, and so I can just imagine that the pediatric version of everything just, is just like exponentially more complicated. Yeah, no, it gets, and, and it, I mean, I'm not, a, I don't do surgery, but on the surgery side, I mean, you're working with in like surgical fields that are much smaller. Yes. Um, yes absolutely. And so like, you know, in pediatric cardiology, like those surgeries are very technical, technically yeah. difficult. Yeah. Um, and, and there honestly aren't even that many. Yeah. Uh, pediatric cardiothoracic surgeons out there because it's mm-hmm. it's such an intense and difficult field. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, all this to say that like by the time if I was working on the floor, uh-huh. by the time I got your child who had an append like their appendix taken out. Right, right. There probably been there like a hundred people. <laughs> Over a hundred people wow. that have interacted with you before. Um and so it's it's it really is like it takes a village as as Maggie said yeah. earlier. Um, and you guys have both worked in all different places in the hospital, mm-hmm. correct? And what was uh what was your favorite and what was your least favorite? Mm. Like what's the what's the hardest like in like rotations when we were yeah. trying to like figure out what our specialty was going to be. Well, yeah. And also, you know, I imagine that the ER is nuts. Yeah. That <laughs> they're just people coming in screaming, you know, like yeah. I have a broken bone and you're like, Oh God. But also, you know, there are people coming with broken bones all the time. And so that's just your job. And you're like, okay, I got this. Yeah. You know, there's something though, like as a physician, there's something really rewarding about the ER because really? a lot of times you can not, do so not, much. Yeah. You're like, not like admitting a patient. Like a lot of times you are you're taking care of it. You're taking care of it. Like if someone has, if someone needs stitches, right? right? Like you see them, you're like, they need stitches. And then you put you in the, the stitches, stitches and then they go home feeling all better, right? Like <laughs> It's like, like Toy Story when Andy gets repaired. That's kind of like what ER nurse. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> ER physicians do. Woody? Totally. Woody Woody. Gets, I was like, Andy? <laughs> <laughs> Andy, you're right, you're right. 
<laughs> it was on the back of his boot. That's why. Yeah, I, was- well, yeah, I, I, uh, I think there is like that side of it, and and uh, you know, everything. Every physician has a different like rotation that they right didn't don't like, like the most. Yeah. But, um, and it know. could be for personal reasons. It yeah. could be yeah. because you didn't get enough sleep the night before. Because right. you went out and you were like maybe a little hungover. Yeah. I don't know. Like <laughs> physicians are real people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think like for some people, like the ICU lifestyle is really like draining. And yeah. for some, it's like I, I, if I work in the ICU for a month at a time, like at the end of the month, I'm very tired. But like I am very like refreshed most of the time when I'm in, in the ICU. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. um, it's just like it's a lot of, um, challenging medicine, but at the same time, like really phenomenal time with families, and yeah. mm-hmm. you know, you like really have special relationships with the patients you have in the ICU because you're at the bedside like all day. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I think everyone's a little different. I don't know if Maggie has any like areas that she was like, ugh, or, uh, or particularly I loved. I, have, I feel like it is. My OR rotation was a little rough for me. The first case that I ever watched was a vaginal reconstruction. Oh gosh. Um, and that was tough. I didn't have breakfast that morning and I just remember my knees buckling and I was like, I need to step out. I just had such an emotional response mm-hmm. to just mm-hmm. that area. And so the rotation immediately after that was L and D and even What's that? What's L&D? La- labor, labor and delivery. delivery. Oh, okay. And I just have, I get so queasy. Really? Gonna, yeah. And so did you just know that you were like, this is not for me? I think you just know. Yeah. yeah. I I always kind of knew that I wanted to go into pediatrics from high school. So I was kind of, I mean, some people change their mind when they go to nursing school. Yeah. Or um, med school. But yeah, I kind of always had an idea. And do the stereotypes, do they... Do they set like are the are the dermatology <laughs> the pretty smart people? <laughs> the pretty smart people. <laughs> and like you know the um, uh, I mean, the pediatrics is like the most that's the one they're like makes the most friendly of. and <laughs> wonderful. Yeah. yeah, they come in with wheelies. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Yeah. And what are some of the other ones? There's like the surgeons are the like super type A and like you know very. Uh, like always on time and yeah. you know um oh gosh what are what are some of the other ones i mean i just like i'm like uh, i don't want to say these things i know because uh, you, you know you, you guys go to school orthopedics uh they're like the jock bros no okay well, a lot of them played sports i have, I have dealt like with a lot of orthopedics yeah. with ned yeah. oh yeah uh you know he's had like you know knee construction whatever and like he's had to do uh pt multiple times and Ned loves his uh, his uh, orthopedics guy. He's yeah. like he's such a bro. He does all the Lakers. Like <laughs> you know, he's like I love this guy. Um, and when it comes in, the, the guy's like Ned, my man. You know, like it's, it, it it totally yeah. checks out. It and, totally checks out. And like Scrubs, uh, more so than Grey's Anatomy, but Scrubs like very much played into that. Yes. And so mm-hmm. if yeah, you yeah, like yeah. go back and watch Scrubs episodes, especially in the beginning when they're all trying to figure out like what they want what do. they want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I feel like dermatology is the one where like those are all the pretty people. Mm-hmm. I definitely like when I go to see my dermatologist, I'm like checking out their skin. Like, okay, yeah, you have good skin, but also You're clearly doing something right. Usually, the top of the class. Yeah, like really? dermatologist. Dermatology is like one of the hardest residencies to get into, and and so how long is their residency? Oh, four. Four. Uh, okay. It's hard to remember, like keep all them straight, but I think yeah, they're yeah. four. What? Why? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's like a really attractive job, mm-hmm. um, and like it pays well, has great hours, and right, for the most right. part, and and it also is like dermatology is a very uh, like 
it, it requires a ton of medical knowledge about a lot of things mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because rashes are kind of like a symptom or anything. a sign of something deeper. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they're oftentimes like, have, especially in pediatrics, yeah. have to like really go yeah. through a lot of complicated algorithms to figure out what's going on. And God, and so internally, yeah. I know it's like easy. Like I think people make fun of dermatologists a lot because they, they do so well and their offices are so nice, but they're usually like the smartest people it's in the smart, class yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah. high achievers. Mm-hmm. What other what other specialties are there? There's like there's so <laughs> many ophthalmology, urology. So wait, eyes, eyes, mm. PP, PP, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, neurology, brain, brain. Okay, Gash. neurology. I feel like those are like the nerds. Yeah, bow ties. Bow ties. <laughs> Which, as, a, as a bow tie wearer, I could get away with that. <laughs> I could see you doing neurology. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, okay. Neurology. Radiology. Radiology. That's yeah. like x-rays. Yeah. Yeah. Dark rooms. Mm-hmm. You just have to like, like being in a dark room and working by yourself. Yeah. It's kind of a hard. I can never do that. It's probably like Will. <laughs> Will could be a radiologist. <laughs> working in a dark room. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's got MJ. But. Yeah. It's funny because when I, when I decided I was, I was like really torn between OBGYN and Pete's. And when I decided on OBGYN, everyone yeah. at school was like, Really? Really? <laughs> like I should have known, right? I you should have should, known. totally should have known. Yeah. I, like I was, I was like, nah, I fit into pediatrics but much also, better. One really? of those, one of those friends should have been like Travis. I know, but it's hard. <laughs> it's hard to do because, like, you in that it's between third and fourth year when everyone's deciding this, and yeah. like, you don't want to be that person that's like, no, that's not for you. That's the wrong right. fit. Yeah, and who then, are you to say that? That's, but that's then not the right fit for it's, someone. Yeah. You know? It's fun to be like, yeah. I was right. No, you're right. You're right. <laughs> you let them find out for themselves. But it's like Travis, check your pockets. Yeah. Like, come on, you've yeah. got like you know dangly keychains, and uh, I don't. I'm, I'm just imagining what dangly keychains. What babies would like, oh. you know, dangly oh. keychains oh or something God. like that. I mean, I was I wasn't going to go as far as like you know one of those red noses or something. Yeah, like, like Patch, Patch Adams. Adams. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when I was uh, when I was in that year in OB, uh, I had like. Five or six moms call me Doogie Hauser, which I always thought was really. really? Funny. <laughs> so I was like twenty six, you know. Oh man! They're like, "You're delivering my baby." And 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 Doogie Hauser was very attractive. <laughs> Such a compliment. I couldn't imagine having a doctor show up who is like extremely good looking and like very charismatic. I'm talking about you. Oh, thank um, you. you know. And, and be like, hey, I'm here to deliver your baby. And you're like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> oh my gosh. Excuse me? <laughs> yeah. It was Yo. time to get away. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Didn't it know just... my own strength. Oh my God. <laughs> I wanted to ask Travis more about like, how do you um, take care of yourself on your off oh, days from like yes. doing such a demanding yeah. and yeah. like going to school and yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I think that was for me, I mean, obviously COVID has been terrible for everyone, but I think that was the hardest part about mm-hmm. COVID for me because as you two know, mm-hmm. I love going to movies and concerts yes. mm-hmm. and theater. Yeah. All yeah. the things that uh, COVID shut down very quickly. Yes. I know. Our, our friendship is bonded on going to a Lord concert together. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and plenty others after. And many, yeah. yeah. And Broadway shows. Yeah. yeah. I know that was super fun. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I live close to New York now. And so uh, prior to the pandemic, uh, Zach and Maggie were going to New York and they're like, what, we show, what show should we see? And then I was like, I could just train over there. And it was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We always ask Travis for, for Broadway recommendations. Yeah. yeah. It was great last week. It <laughs> was great. Hades Town. Oh my goodness. Anytime you send me a song or album recommendations, done. <laughs> Certain people. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Travis. Mm-hmm. 
Never I, I miss. Keep it all in your head. All the never medical knowledge. I, I think this is like what I'm getting at. Is like that's how I keep myself well. Yeah. Right? Like like I can see that. you have to. I think in any profession, you have to figure out. You know what what you want to do in your off time that makes you feel like replenished and mm-hmm. you know some people like, a whole person. like read a, reading a book and like getting away from everyone. I'm mm-hmm. very extroverted and so I usually want to be out about. But um, you know I think. You have to find your ways to recharge, and like pediatrics is not was still like very impacted by COVID. But in the beginning, it was different than like my friends that were working in adult hospitals. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But the pediatric cardiology division still very busy because all of our patients are newborn babies, right. and they were still being born. Mm-hmm. And so I was in the ICU in March of 2020, and and you know oh. really really exhausted. And our teams were like short staffed because people were getting like pulled. Mm-hmm. Places or like we're getting like maybe getting exposures yeah. or you yeah. know it was just a crazy time and in the beginning there was like no way like people stopped releasing music people stopped like releasing <laughs> movies like for months there yeah. and yeah. it was really hard like you, I, I I fell in love with like running out because it was like a way to get outside Ooh, yeah um, okay. I ran before but like it, it was really nice in the spring and um, you have to just continue to find ways to to plug into yourself and um, I'm happy that theater yeah. and Movies like I'm back, yeah. To be able to go into a movie theater and and watch a James Bond movie, or you know, like <laughs> totally very very fun to be back. And Oscar season is kicking up again, and so uh, you know that's that's my way of doing it. But I think the other thing is when you're in residency at a class of thirty two, yeah. you have to acknowledge that like every person has a different desire and a different way to replenish and to refresh. Totally. Mm-hmm. And so you you can't like. Force your way. Yeah, onto exactly. Them. You have to be flexible with everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That that was really my question as well. To sort of end things out is like, you know, you guys are not just a doctor and a nurse. Uh, you are real people, and uh, I. That's sort of the message that mm-hmm. I think uh, is, that we want to have on this podcast is that yeah. you know. Uh, you guys have other lives too. Yeah. And you know, I got baby time with with Wes when he was little. That's right. When I was in my final year of residency. Oh, and so I was, oh. I was like, you're like, you, you want to come over? I'm like, yes. Yes, please. Let <laughs> me play my with your baby. baby. Therapy. Oh. oh yeah. That's so true. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, this has been so great. Travis, thank you so much for coming in. Of course. Uh, we are so happy that you were in town. So I'm glad I we know. were able to snag you. Thank you for coming to sit with us. Yeah. Uh, I guess I can. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out you can sit Turns with us. Turns out them. you can <laughs> sit with us. Yeah. Be sure to like and subscribe. Uh, send uh, email messages. We love reading them to you can sit with us pod at gmail.com. Uh, be sure to rate us five stars and yeah. we will talk to you guys next week. Bye. 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 <laughs>